they had karaoke and I love karaoke and I think Siraj loves karaoke. And so I think we're both, I don't want to speak for Siraj definitely, but like we're you not very good me. singers. We're not very good singers. <laughs> yeah, you can um, speak for me. You, you, might, you might say we're bad singers <laughs> and that would probably be generous, but we are great performers. Like I kid you not, we could perform anything. Hello and welcome to season two of the Raleigh Proltman podcast. I'm your host, Luke Mead. We're here to connect you with the players and personalities of North Carolina semi-professional ultimate Frisbee. Today, we're excited to welcome reigning AUDL champions and reigning open club division champions and now D1 open college champions, <laughs> Siraj Mataraju and Alex Davis. How's it going, gentlemen? Uh, it's going pretty well. Doing pretty good. Thanks for having us. Yep. Yep. Couldn't be doing better, honestly. Thank you for having us on the show. Yeah, my joy. Uh, also, while we're talking about championships and such, Siraj, congrats on being named Ulti World's D1 College Men's Defensive Player of the Year and of AD for you winning Ulti World's D1 College Men's Offensive Player of the Year. That's kind of just cherry on top of everything else. What a freaking 2021, right? Thank you. Thank you. No, yeah, it is. It's crazy that, yeah, coming from the same team, you know, being roommates, getting that in the same year and all the championships as well. It's a crazy year. We're probably the first roommates to split the Opodi Depodi, if I had to guess. So probably, yeah. Pretty good. We'll have to ask Chuck sometime, just like, hey, Charlie, did, has this ever happened before? I, there's no way. Yeah. There's zero way. I have so many questions for y'all, and there's so much to mm -hmm. talk about after what a crazy 2021. But before we get into that, if we could do a quick rundown of just kind of what your ultimate career kind of path has been. So you could talk about youth, college club, of course, how long you've been with the Flyers since this is the pro ultimate podcast. But yeah, let's start with Siraj. What's kind of been your, your ultimate career so far? Uh, sure. So I started senior year of high school. I played my calculus coach, Corey McAvoy. Shout out McAvoy. I think we like didn't have enough players for like a 3v3 tournament or 5v5 tournament. And he was like, please, someone come from our calculus class. And so I went and it was pretty fun. And there's a little fun fact for you. Back then, I think uh, Charlotte Ultimate like wasn't as developed. So after only playing a few games, I was named like an all-star. And one of my like first playing experiences was at halftime of a Charlotte Express Raleigh Flyers halftime game. So I just played like during halftime, which is pretty cool. Then came to Darkside, played seven years, which is crazy. Just ended my Darkside career. Club, I played Galaxy before my senior year, Brick House before my fifth year, and then Ring most recently, and then one year with the Flyers. So that that's me. Sure. So just real quick, do you have other sports that you played though? There's no way you just went from like no sports and, and sitting in a calculus class to suddenly be an all-star. So what other sports did you play? Honestly, nothing. I played like soccer and football in middle school, nothing in high school. I like played around in my neighborhood and I'm very, very active, I think. But yeah, I didn't play organized sports until senior year of high school, like at a, at a level higher than the middle school level. And for the uninitiated, Dark Side is a UNC Chapel Hills uh, Ultimate D1, their, uh, their A team. So just to yes. be clear, most everyone will know that, but. Nice. All right. AD. They know, they know the people know, we know the people know <laughs> the people, the people know. Yeah. I didn't play frisbee until college, but like just a little background, I guess, of like what I did before coming to college. I was really into basketball. When I was like way younger, but I was pretty undersized. So kind of moved away from that and went into track in high school and did four years of, yeah, just track, like did the hundred, 200, 400 and all the jumps. So that's kind of where the, a lot of the speed comes from. A lot of the training came from there. And when I came to college, I was actually like trying to run at UNC. So I was trying to do like a year on the, the club track team and then try to walk onto the team. But my roommate was actually like, I did random roommates. Um, I didn't know anyone coming into college because I'm from New Jersey, grew up in New Jersey and then went to UNC in North Carolina. So my roommate played Frisbee in the area and told me to come to the trials for dark side. And so I showed up and had no clue what I was doing. was like too afraid to throw, try to throw a flick, which I saw other people throwing because like I'd never seen it before. And so I only threw backhands. And yeah, I ran the 70 and I think that got me to like the next couple of trials. And then eventually they threw some hooks to me and, and I made it. So the speed really came in, in handy there. And then, yeah, I played seven years on dark side. I started out on D and then moved to O-line, I think my junior year, which is the year that we won the, I think the year we won our, my first national championship. And then for club experience, I've played a lot of clubs. I played Garden State Ultimate, which is up in New Jersey for half a year and uh, after my sophomore year. And then I played for Cashcott Rings B team. Um, back when they were still around. And then I moved to Brickhouse after my junior year. And then after my senior, year, I played for Ring. And that's who I've been playing for for the last couple of years. And then this past year was my first year with the Raleigh Flyers. So I think that covers all my uh, all my Frisbee background. So before we get into more Frisbee stuff, my understanding is that you guys are not only roommates, but best friends. So how long have you known each other for? How did you meet? And then can you kind of describe the other person in about 30 seconds that we have a total understanding of, of that person? Uh, sure. I'll start. Uh, AD is fast. 
we can do that just to just to get it out of the way. We met in college, dark side, just being teammates. I'd say we were like always friends, but I think we got closer probably junior, senior year. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, I, I would say probably like in junior, towards the end of junior year. I feel like it was a slow burn because freshman year yeah. wasn't too much. And then sophomore year was a little bit more. And then because we had like similar friend groups within the team by then because that's when Kai and Durs came. But yeah, I think we started hanging out more like junior year. So maybe like early junior year. And then I think we got way way closer around the end of senior year and then we started living together our fifth year and i think that's when the iconic friendship was born you know the one they talk about so probably fifth year yeah i think i think that's a pretty good summary i think maybe just one add part was that i think the roommate thing was kind of a surprise i guess and that was just like we didn't really talk about a, a whole bunch and then so i just asked me and i said yeah and because we we're just kind of going with it we're both very very go with the flow kind of people <laughs> in general so uh then we hung out all the time to give you some context on how little we play in this, uh, during nationals, our senior year, when we played Brown in the finals, before we lived together our fifth year, we still did not have a place like a month after that. Like our leases, I think maybe ended or like we're about to end by the time we actually got it. And it was very for the moment. It was just not super planned, I guess. Yeah. Go with the flow. Actually, That's what we're going to go with. Yes. Spontaneous is a good little buzzword to describe. That was a good S word I was looking for. So the second part of your question was like, describe AD. I think it's easier to describe like what I like about AD and like why we work as a group than like try to describe him as a person, I guess. But I think we mesh like really, really well together because I think we have very similar senses of humor. And I think also AD is very caring about his teammates. And I think the way he thinks about Frisbee is very similar to me. And I think people underrate AD's intelligence in the game because you see the fast stuff and he jokes about the fast stuff and everyone talks about the fast stuff, but he is very, 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 very smart. And I think people should know that. Appreciate it. My turn? Yeah, go. So just in terms of like what Siraj is like and this kind of stuff I like, um, he is also surprised, very caring. And the comedy part, you know, the, the humor does definitely fall in line with each other. But he's like super easy to talk to. He's like also like very go with the flow. Like it's down to do whatever and super spontaneous. And then kind of like a very similar quirk between us is that like we both are not the greatest decision makers in terms of being uh, definitive. So like we'll struggle to make decisions together. So it's just like, uh, it's just a, that's just like a funny little quirk we always have. But yeah, like Siraj is also like super caring. And then I think just like the way we think about things in general, I mentioned Frizzy, but I think it's even just more than Frizzy is that like we think about a lot of things like, in similar ways. It's like if we watch a movie, we'll like discuss sometimes for like hours going way into the night of like what we think about the movie or like how does this plausibly work or like how does something else work? And like we do that kind of stuff for, like other things. So I think we just are very similar in certain ways that mesh really well with things we like. Sure. All right. You guys had an insane 2021. Like it's, I don't even know, like you checked every box. The problem is, is you've reached the summit and now how do you repeat? Like you, you'll never have a year as good as 2021. So yeah. before we go into each part of 2021, can we just like go back a year? And so a year ago, January, 2021 pandemic hit March before that vaccines are just coming out. We're just starting to play ultimate again. Where was your headspace at a year ago? So January was, yeah, it was a little before tryouts for flyers but like we knew of them that was on the radar college was kind of on the radar because we knew it was probably coming back for uh, all season and like, i think we heard of that and then uh club was also on the radar it just could be a delayed start due to covid and so all that was on my radar and a year before a year ago so like 2020 in january uh i just tore my acl so um fast forward a year to to like relate to your question and i technically made like a full recovery like, in terms of like i came back to a uh, full contact played a sport around month eight and a half to nine so like that was september but while playing, I played up until like January. I was dealing with a lot of pain and so and some small complications. So I decided to like take a little another break. So around that time, I was just focusing really hard on getting myself in the best shape physically for Frisbee because I felt like I really wanted to play having not played due to COVID and having not been able to like really even run around due to my ACL. Like I was in a super determined mode to play. And I also felt like when I hurt my ACL, I was like getting a lot better as a player. And so I was just overall like really determined, like frustrated that I lost that and like really wanted to like get back and improve myself, I guess, when playing again. And so I was doing my best to yeah, set myself up for uh, the Flyers because at that point, I wasn't sure I was going to make it, to be honest. I had heard of this a lot. Like, I'm sure you heard of me. We had like a crazy rookie class this past year. So I had heard of all these rookies possibly uh, wanting to join for trial for the team. And so I was like just scared that I wouldn't make it. So yeah, I put myself in like in the best position I guess I could by like doing a lot of heavy lifting early on in the year. Sure. What about you, Siraj? I think I obviously didn't like have a very serious injury so I didn't have that weighing on my mind I was just excited to play I feel like I don't think that much about like I wanted to make the team which I originally did not make flyers I was like a extended tryout and then eventually made it kind of so I was like the things on my mind were I want to make this team and it'll be fun and I was just having fun playing 
I feel like I was thinking about, honestly, I was thinking about ADs, ACL a decent amount. I don't know if you, there's film of it, yeah. Uh, the like first Atlanta-Raleigh game, his first goal in that game. That was like one of the most emotional moments of the season for me, honestly. Because I was just really happy that he was playing. Like you, you can come see, you can see me go and hug him <laughs> and then push him away. I always hug people when we're playing and then just push them away. I, I've noticed that from watching some some sellies. I think I wasn't really thinking about the year ahead. I was just thinking about the moments ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no way you, I don't think anyone could have predicted what was to come. Let's work our way backwards though. So you won the college championship with UNC Darkside. Of course, um, we're hoping to have some Radiance players on soon to be talking about the UNC Pleiades who also won the championship first time in 30 years at the same college as one. Here. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> Can you just give one word that would capture your fall nationals experience and why you picked that word? One word. I'll go complete. I felt like it was a big culmination of a lot of things happening, like the triple crown, the sweep. I feel like on a personal level, I was I improved really quickly, had a big spurt playing really well. I thought I played really well at nationals. Like that was probably my best tournament that I've had. And also like emotionally, I think you've heard some and like talked some on the podcast about the circles we've done with the flyers that carried on to ring. And then we stole it for dark side as well. So some of the vulnerabilities I expressed during that, I guess, were before the tournament started, I guess how I felt was like different than most tournaments. I think I felt more fear going into the tournament because I was like scared of how am I going to feel once I'm not on dark side anymore. I wasn't scared we were going to lose. I knew we were going to win. There was no doubt in my mind that dark side was going to win, but I was scared of how I would feel once we beat, I thought it'd be Colorado, but once the final game was done. And so I felt like more range of emotions, I think, than I felt, which is why I chose complete. Like I felt like a lot of sadness and a lot of joy and a lot of ecstasy. Just, I felt like I felt everything and it felt a good ending too. It ended well. Complete is my word. Yeah, that's a, that's a good word. It does encompass a lot of things. I think similarly of, I feel like I'm gonna have to go up like absolute just because it was a really weird year. Nationals happening in the fall. And that's just something that already added to a little bit of like a weird nationals. And then there's some teams that couldn't make it because of, I think some of the schools scheduled finals during the last week. And then there was some teams that had to drop out. And so all of that makes it look like, oh, do we count this nationals or is it like a Mickey Mouse nationals or whatever? But it still felt like absolute to me just because the team went out there. And this is for both Dark Side and Pleiades. We both went out there and it was not close with anyone. There was really no disputing like, oh, maybe like if they played that, like this team, maybe they wouldn't have won. Or like, oh, maybe if they played this team, like, oh, if they had this side of the bracket. There's really like no room for that whatsoever. And so that felt like really absolute. Like we were the best team, at least this fall nationals. And then it, kind of similar to what Siraj said, that was kind of like absolute in that it was like, that is it. Like that is all for me and as well as like other older players on dark side. And so I knew like there's no return. There's no extra COVID season that we're getting this time around. So it was like the end of my career, at least with dark side and similar to Siraj, that meant like a lot of feelings going into that and feeling satisfied, but at the same time, knowing that I'm going to definitely going to miss it and just the community that came with the team. But yeah, I think absolute works is a pretty good word. Yeah, no. Everyone ends up finishing your college career at some point, and it's so bittersweet because you have all these yeah. emotions. And yeah, but you guys get to end it in a way that very few people get to end it, which is on a win. So, yeah. One more question about college nationals. I, I'm just curious. Do you have a personal highlight from that tournament? I know that's that's gonna be really hard, but just personal highlight could be on the field, could be off the field. I'll go real quick because I have something. I'm just gonna shout out Liam's Callahan layout. I mean, that's the obvious one. Got um, off my feet. Was watching live. Got off my feet. I've never gotten off my feet. For a frisbee play before no that play history. was insane that play was actually insane like actually the most insane play easily of the whole like on the field college nationals but then i definitely do want to shout out the off the field having a room and having a car of all the guys on the team me and siraj don't live too close to the team anymore i'm graduated and so just having like that long weekend to spend with all the frisbee players again which is really nice and get into like mess around joke around and just like spend pretty much every waking minute with your friends that play frisbee <laughs> Ooh, picking one is so hard. Can I do like an abstract thing? I'll say the defensive points. I guess I only played D-line, but playing defense in the Brown game and playing offense just in general, like D-line O, I felt the most trusted and supported I've ever felt playing Frisbee. I felt like my job was not hard because people were going to trust me to do what I needed to do. And I trusted the people around me to do what they needed to do to help me. So that like stands out. But that's like a lot of moments. So I'll try to pick a different one. 
I think Pleiades winning was really cool. Darkseid winning was amazing, but there's just so many complex emotions involved with that. Whereas like Pleiades winning, I was already kind of overall the sadness of the season ending when we won. And it was just all happiness for Pleiades winning. So I'll, I'll go that if I have to pick one moment. I also really liked getting booed by the crowd. That was a pretty fun moment. I know Ring kind of taken that over, but I don't know. It's probably carried over from that. But like I like getting booed by the crowd just gets me going, gets the blood pumping. Feels like it makes you play better, honestly. So I highly encourage that if anyone wants to do that for me. This also shows how similar we are because AD was on for O-Line when they started booing and saying Dark Side sucks. And I got the Dark Siders to say Dark Side sucks. So we were all cheering Dark Side <laughs> sucks also. So we, we definitely have similar competitive spirit. We're going to talk about the villain thing because I think it's going to be real <laughs> very quickly. But yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Obviously, it's really special to get named any sort of podium in Ultimate. But you guys did win Offensive Player of the Year and then Defensive Player of the Year for college this past year. So um, Siraj, if you want to go first and then AD, just like what does winning that particular award mean to you? And yeah, I think my favorite part about winning the award was that it was really cool that I did it with AD and Don. Don Colton is one of my best friends. And obviously, you know me and AD. And I think I personally don't think I was the best defender in the college division. I don't even think I was the best defender on my team. But I did really like being recognized because I did feel underrated before. So I think it was cool to be recognized, even though I don't like necessarily agree with all of the Ulti World Awards, including my own. But it was very cool to do it with Don and AD. And for the record, AD is the best defender in the college division. Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, man, I don't know about that. Oh, I, I don't got know. one more thing. I got one more thing. I won D-Pody, but if DA hadn't taken me off of O-Line at Easterns in 2019, I would have won O-Pody. I'll put that on the record. On my end, I think similar to Taraj, it felt really nice being recognized. I don't know if I was, like, underrated, per se. I do think maybe people forgot a little about me, just because, like, you know, I went off the radar for a little bit, getting injured and playing D-Line. So I think it was nice to get recognition for my, like, offensive ability, just because, like, that hadn't been a thing in many years. So it's nice to get that. But yeah, another thing is just nice that I've never won an award in Frisbee in my life. No all region team, no all like tournament team, like none of those teams I've ever gotten. So it's just nice to get like a little something. But yeah, again, I don't put too much stock into it just because it is just an award from people that are not necessarily playing the game with you. So they're not always perfectly accurate. But yeah, I am thankful. And it is really cool to do that like Opody, Depody in the same house. 2v2, it's going to be a tough matchup, you know, going against the Opody and Depody. So that was really cool in that sense. Who was better for Dark Side this past fall? Elijah Long or LSP? Liam Searles pose. Oh, that is by far the hardest <laughs> question you could have asked. That is an impossible question. Oh, my God. Oh. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna ruin it and say tie. I think a very common like NC theme is that like we're there's so many good players that like you kind of feel like people get lost in the limelight. And while I think that's true, like on the stat sheet, maybe I don't even know it's on the stat sheet because like on the stat sheet, both Elijah and Liam had like crazy stats. I had like assists, goals, D's, like everything. But I think like when you watch it, maybe you, like notice some people like get featured a little more or something like that and i think that's just like very like, game to game like you saw liam in the in the quarters like he popped off and like was dominant in that game and then you see elijah in the semis and he's like popping off in that game so i think it's kind of just like whoever like has all i am gets it in that um sense and so like they're both equally uh great in my opinion just because like when they had the hand they like took over games and uh they both like showed that they could take over a game pretty much single-handedly at times in that regards so i think both humongous contributors for um for the team and that neither of them is like really like underutilized i think they can like do more but i don't think that necessarily means underutilized just because like i think they're both filling like the perfect role for their for the team and that makes them like perfectly utilized i guess i think honestly whoever played the most offensive points i think i'll say that whoever that ended up being i don't know who that was yeah i mean they both crossed over so much and they were just yeah no they, they were really fun to watch it just feels like lsb is still underused for the talent that he is but and yet like Elijah just does everything. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, the craziest part is like going into the tournament, everyone was like, who's going to guard Andrews Youngst? It's like for the Flyers, like he was such a like, meet me at the cone. I mean, like nobody could stop him. It's like, how are any college people going to stop him? But then he's just a cog in the machine. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's such an embarrassment of riches for dark side. And again, I, yeah, dominant. What do we say? Complete and absolute. Complete and absolute. I have like just a little pivot off that. I think that we were talking about like under, I think underrated players. I, I want to toss out some dark side names that may play flyers. I think Andrew's a little less likely because he's still in college, but I think Ryan Humphrey and Andrew Lee are criminally underrated. Ryan Humphrey was one of the best cutter defenders in the division and people do not know who he is. He was in my hotel room in my car and he would complain about guarding Jarvis, who's a uh, Matthew Agee. Uh, 24 on Colorado, one of the best. He was like 
how come you get all the fun matchups? How come I don't get any fun matchups? And he was literally guarding like someone who is talked about as the best cutter in the division. Obviously, AD is the best cutter in the division, but I don't know. He's just so criminally underrated. And I think he's going to try out for Flyers this year. And so you might be seeing more of Ryan. And Andrew is also underrated, but I don't know if he's playing. So he probably has another year because of college too. Yeah. Just a couple of hot takes just around the dark side team is that I think that dark side team is the best college team ever. Wins a matchup, like a hundred game matchup with any team ever in college. And I think that dark side team also, like Lotus, Sean, I think that dark side team also makes bracket at uh, club nationals nine times out of 10, honestly. Like, I think they like, almost always don't end up last in the pool. So that's just my uh, my opinion on well, how, that's like how much of an embarrassment of riches that that dark side team had. Well, I'm not trying to throw Colorado any shade, but obviously they got smashed in quarters. And meanwhile, everyone was talking <laughs> them up after they, you know, made that club nationals. So I feel like that's, that's a pretty easy, easy, like, a over B, B over C, like pretty clearly like transit property. Right. Yeah. Like that, that seems pretty obvious to me moving a little farther back. So obviously you guys are also uh, club championships uh, with North Carolina's Raleigh ring of fire. I think this one's always interesting. Like how different, you know, the teams similar, but a little different, obviously New York empires, uh, Jack Williams and Ryan Osgar come over and join already this very, very good flyers team. Um, and then you also get Dylan Lanier, um, star from Carlton cut and who knows if he'll play flyers this year, but, um, and along with a bunch of other, just that there's still some others who get to add. So how different was your experience with ring compared to flyers? I think the main difference between like ring and flyers for me, comes from the way the schedule is set up and how you play games, like the individual versus a tournament. And I think, to me, the main difference is that I feel like most of my favorite moments, if not all of my favorite moments from the Flyers season, are like not during playing Frisbee. They're like doing karaoke, like in New York and hanging out in the car and stuff like that. Whereas for Ring, it felt like more consolidated. And there's definitely like great moments outside of playing, but it feels like with Flyers, there's like, little bubbles of fun that you do with like your small groups of like your cars and stuff. Whereas it felt like for ring, the great moments were with the whole team a lot of times. So just different. They're just like a little different based on why the seasons are different. Not really because of the players, I guess. Although Jack and Ryan and Liam and Dylan and anyone else I'm missing are all amazing. It was really cool getting to know Jack and Ryan just because I've known like Dylan and Liam already. And I, I think Jack is one of the more similar people to me personality wise. I feel like he is very go with the flow. So it was fun to he was in my car, so that was fun. Me, AD, Jack, and Henry was our car, which Squad. was a very, very Squad. fun. We had, we had the cleanest pass-off. So Jack loses everything. Everyone knows this. And he lost his, like, player wristband. And we saw the people in front of us were, like, uh, checking. They were, like, making people go in their trunk to check it. And I was sitting shotgun. AD was driving. Jack was behind me. And we hit the cleanest. I showed my wristband, took it off, handed it to Jack that you have ever seen in your life. And that was a pretty good way to go into, I don't remember which round it was, maybe quarters, semis, I, was, I don't know. Yeah, quarters, semis. USAU, though, that never happened if you're watching this. Yeah, shout yeah. Out. No, 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 Jack didn't lose it. Uh, yeah, good point, yeah, good point, yeah. AD. I guess for me, I played ring a year before. Only a new person to me was Ryan. And then, yeah, like Saraj said, the teams are like pretty similar in terms of like the actual people and like the new players being brought in definitely adds like kind of like new dynamic. But I think it mostly came down to just the uh, kind of the format just because you get there to the ADO game two hours early and you're doing all this mental preparation for like one game. And then after that one game, you're done. And like kind of going out that night and just having fun with the team. So there's a lot of one-off moments, like one nights within the ADO where like you went out and did something fun, like throw out to like karaoke or like, I think after in championship weekend, like we were wrestling a whole bunch of the Empire dudes, which is fun. It's just like, it was random things like that. It wasn't like specifically team oriented stuff, but it was just like random moments with, with the team that you did like after the event. Where for Ring, there's a lot more, like I guess, team-oriented things during team time. Just because you have a whole weekend that you're like focusing on the Frisbee. And after a game, you go home to the Airbnb and you're, you're hanging out with all the people you just played with. And then probably talking about the games, like talking about what the plan is, like talking about how you played, talking about like random other things. And so I think the di dynamic that way was just a little different. And then there's also just the nuances of pro play versus club play in terms of like play styles, which is a little different, but nothing too crazy. Yeah, other than that, the people are pretty much exactly the same. Because, yeah, it's pretty much all the same people, at least last year. Okay. So I think it's time. I've heard about the karaoke from random people, just little things. But I was told I had to get the karaoke story. The legendary karaoke. Yeah. yeah. So give me the karaoke story. My understanding is this happened in New York post the empire game that we lost in a horrifying double overtime game. Baby, you want it? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, yep. So we, uh, we had that game. It didn't go our way. Um, lost in the double overtime. 
And we'd already decided before, like before the game was even happening that we were going out because I mean, we're in New York, drove up from North Carolina. It was like a nine, 10 hour drive. We took our van, me and Siraj's van, which is the two of us, took a little pit stop in New York in the city, city part. So it was a long drive up. So we were going out that night. Jacksontown, we get to hang with Jack. Yeah. There was like Empire players we talked to. So we were going out. uh, I was kind of anticipating like, you know, a big expensive flashy bar slash club because new york city but we find it was like a kind of a hole in the wall little spot that had cheap drinks every time you bought a drink you got a pizza with it and it was just this weird little nook in the the wall but it had karaoke and i love karaoke and i think Siraj loves karaoke and so i think we're both i don't want to speak for Siraj definitely but like we're not very good singers we're not very good singers (laughs) yeah you Um, you, you might you might say we're bad singers and that'd probably be generous but we are great performers like i kid you not we could perform anything so i had to bribe i had to bribe the guy because there's like 10 people in line so i had to bribe the the karaoke guy i think i was throwing him like 10 or 20 or something so they can go up and do multiple songs but our go-to song is love story by taylor swift and yeah i think we just really sell like we are awful singers but we really sell it we're like on our knees we'll stand up we'll like do all the motions and everything and the crowd was loving it there was a little alligator lounge where they were having like a birthday party or something bachelorette, this, bachelorette uh, party like a bachelor a bachelorette <laughs> party and the girls were loving us they were like cheering us on like oh my goodness let them go again like they were in love with us like mike d was out there he was cheering us on he said it was like the craziest thing he's ever seen like the most impressive thing he's ever seen so i don't know it was just like a really fun moment and everyone was excited like the young guys the older guys the random people were all like just loving it so uh yeah if you ever want to see me in Sarajevo karaoke? Just yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think Drich actually might have a video on his work phone because I think he like <laughs> couldn't figure it out. Like he didn't have his regular phone, or like I don't know. So he did it on his work phone. So he has the video. I don't know if he still has it, but he has. He it. has confirmed with me that he has that video. <laughs> all right, all right. he's probably using it as as leverage over us or something he's probably I, gonna get something out of it i absolutely expect it to be part of the hype videos that are coming for this season so <laughs> yeah oh yeah we'll get in there all right so as we know we're actually on the raleigh pro ultimate podcast we should mainly talk about the pro experience so obviously you guys just finished your rookie year with the flyers you talked a little bit about the differences between ring and flyers but specifically can you kind of speak to what are the biggest differences that you had to adjust to as far as the pro game yeah, for me, I think the translates pretty well to the pro game just because it's a bigger field, you know, more space to cover. So, like, I played O-line through college. I did play D-line and ring. I played D-line for the Flyers. The D itself wasn't too crazily different. There was, like, a big change in terms of, like, how I played D and that I ended up becoming a lot more aggressive in terms of fronting, which I never really did prior to that in, in club or in college. And so that was a little different for me, just, like, aggressively fronting players and, and trying to force them to throw it deep and then trying to make up the, the space, try to make them play. So that was a little different. The double teams is definitely weird. I don't think I ever got caught out like throwing a turn through one, but it's definitely just something that I never play against with club or college rules. So that was definitely a new thing. And then just maybe like the fast pace of the game in terms of in general, like there's a lot of like quick points sometimes there's like big hooks and then like you're right back out there. There's not like the 60 second or 70 second. I don't know what the time is for uh, USAU, but there's a long time for USAU. And then often it's not even like upheld very strictly. We're in the ADL. It's a lot. So it's a way bigger deal. So that was definitely different. And then maybe just spacing is the last thing. At least for me, that was something that felt very different in the ADL because the field's so big. You can't be like quite as like as passive maybe when like setting up your cuts on offense because that's something I like to do. I love waiting my time for the space to open up and then make the cut. But with like the field being so big on the ADL that like you kind of have to get yourself out there in the lane early, even if like maybe the previous cut isn't completely cleared just because there's not enough time for you to run from across the field, which is like 50 something yards. So yeah, I think that those are the biggest differences that I've noticed playing my rookie year. Yeah, I think the thing AD said about time in between points is probably the biggest thing for me, even though that's not like technically like while you're playing. It's a very, very big difference. Flyers is so much faster paced than everything else in terms of like between points. I think in terms of actually playing, since I played defense, I kind of think the ADL is a little easier. I think stall seven helps defense and double teams helps defense. I love double teams. I think that's maybe my favorite thing about the AUDL is that you're allowed to double team. I feel like I think a lot more while playing in in AUDL games because I'm not just purely going on muscle memory. Like when I'm playing defense, I'm like thinking of like, how can I be more disruptive, like using double teams and stuff like that. And then offensively, I guess I think generally I don't hold the disc much. So the like stall seven and double teams doesn't really affect me. So I feel like most of it's just, I think more because of the differences in defense, but I think defense is easier in the AUDL. So I think it's not too hard of an adjustment while actually playing for me. A couple other things, actually. One thing I forgot is just that time management is actually like 
a big deal in the ADL. And like that, mm-hmm. there's that actual strategy behind time management, which is something you don't think about at all in club, like almost ever, unless like it's really close and cats coming about to come on. But like other than that, like every game we talked about time. So that's just like a different aspect that you have to plan out things. You don't want to score too fast all the time, or you don't want to like take too long all the time and depending on like what opportunities you need. And a kind of like a negative, I guess, is that it's like really hard to watch the game if you're a player compared to like, I think club or college, at least that's how it felt to me. just that like, because it's so much faster and that you have to like make adjustments throughout the whole game, like constantly, you're often coming out the field and like getting your line huddle. Cause that's what you do after every point usually. And like, you're talking the huddle for maybe like a minute, but then in that minute, the point's over. And so you just kind of miss the whole point and you're back out there. I like picking up on people's habits. And so like not being able to watch while the game's going on is um, sometimes difficult compared to a club. Sure. No, for sure. I'll say as a spectator, it is so much easier to watch than club is, but I bet. it's just not even <laughs> yep. that's yeah. Anyway, AD, the biggest game of the year was biggest game of the year. Oh, I feel like the easy answer is going to be to say like New York, but I think the biggest game for like us, the team probably might've been the DC game to get in. I guess I was like, is that tech- I think that's technically not playoffs or maybe it is playoffs. I don't know, but to get into championship weekend, just because like, at that point, we'd kind of lost all the teams that were uh, going to make the playoffs in our division. And we were kind of like, are the Flyers for real? And there was all this speculation and we hadn't beaten them. And like we thought we were real, but we hadn't beaten them yet ourselves, even though we knew we could we could beat them. And we started out the game kind of on a low note. So we were down early. I think that was just like a big statement win to other people as well as ourselves. And that like we can come back and we could like beat these teams had beaten us for sure. Like every game we played in that we lost, it was a one point game. So we knew we could, but just being able to finally do it, I think it just really uh, made a big difference and kind of set us up really well for, I think, the championship weekend and our success in that area. Raj, do you feel the same way or was there a different game for you that was the biggest game of the year? Mm, I think the best game of the year to watch maybe is our New York loss. I feel like that was like a crazy game, especially since it was close late. Honestly, do I have to pick a Flyers game? I think the game of the year was the Atlanta-New York game, the playoffs. I thought that was a crazy game. That was one of the craziest games I've seen. But for Flyers, for me, I think it was the Chicago game. I felt like, one, it was the only unprepared. No, we were prepared, but like we hadn't seen them before, which is every other team that we played in elimination games we had seen before. And so that was the most stressed I ever was, was late in that game, because that was a pretty crazy comeback we made. So I'll say that, that game. I do, yeah. Yeah. And it just, okay, I can't, yeah. Yep. We know how to stress people out. We know how to stress people out. (laughs) It was stressful. It was just, and they went... We went up and then they were down and it didn't end. And then Pablo Giannis finally shorted a throw and then things kind of turned. And oh my gosh, it was crazy. We're just trying well, to do it for the fans. That's where all the games were one point losses. We're trying to set it up like a good, engaging, fun entertainment for the fans, you know, build the brand in some way. I mean, no one else is doing it. So we like to do WWE. It. It's all fake. Exactly. It's all fake. Except for the fact that, that we're the best. But yeah. Yeah. That part's real. This is a hot take. I feel like Pablo Giannis could write a WWE season for the AUDL and it would be pretty compelling stuff, though. <laughs> I, I met it would, Pablo it would <laughs> and he is a funny dude. I think he could do it. <laughs> he, he could do it. He could definitely could do it. He might have Chicago winning, though. Well, uh, we, I always see him in the comments, uh, not here on NC, so might get that wrong. It would be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it would be pretty good, though. We broke the script on that one. Oops. Yeah, yeah. So on the note of kind of other teams, obviously last year we got this kind of one year experiment where we got to be in the super Atlantic division. And so I'm just curious, are are there any uh, overrated teams or players that you guys need to need to call out now that we're out of the division? I'm happy to call people out. AD, do you have anyone that comes to mind or do you want me to just take this one? (laughs) You got it. You got it. All right. All right. I can do one from each team. How about that? Let's see. Get a little spicy, right? We want to get a little spicy. I'll start with the Flyers uh, and name myself. I think that I was pretty underrated until this college season, and now I'm mega overhyped. So I'll say I'll say for Flyers, it's Siraj. Okay, uh, DC. Dang, does DC have anyone overrated? All right, all right, wait, wait, wait. Okay, Atlanta. I want to preface most of these by saying these players are better than me. I know they're better than me. I just think they're a little overhyped. I'm going to go Antoine <laughs> Davis on Atlanta, I think is overrated. I think he's really good. I think he's better than me. I just think that people are like talking about him like he's a superstar and I don't think he's quite there yet. I think he is like a little too turnover prone and guardable for my liking. Okay, uh, next team. Apologies, Antoine. I like you. I like Antoine a lot. He seems very cool. Okay, DC, I will go. Okay, we can't do a hot take special if you're going to apologize though. You got to make the take and then let it go. Okay, all right, right, so DC. I'm I'm also going to apply for this one. I'm also going to apologize for this one just because AJ Merriman, I think that he is a an elite role player, insanely good. He is better than me. I will say that again. 
I do not think he's a superstar yet also. I think AJ looks really good, and I think there's a lot of players that look really good in the AADL. I think he's very good. He's better than me. I, I don't want to insult anyone, but yes, I'll go AJ. Okay, the rest I'm just going to list out, whatever. Boston, I don't think there's anyone overrated that I can think of on Boston. I think they're an underrated team. Oh, Tanner Johnson. I'll go Tanner Johnson. New York? I feel like New York's kind of like Brown in college where they have like a few superstars that people know. And then I, I don't think there's anyone overrated on New York, really. Um, Tampa Bay, I don't think anyone <laughs> overrates any part of Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, Phoenix? Phoenix? Uh, Philly? I, we only played Philly once, and I don't really know much yeah. about them. Greg Martin seemed pretty good, so I, I, I don't know. I don't think there's anyone overrated. What other teams? And, of course, our favorite, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I got one for you. I think CJ Colicchio is insanely overrated. I think that – I don't know. I don't think he's that good, honestly. <laughs> so those are my people for each team. I stole AD's Thunder. He didn't get to list any, but I'll, I'll go with those people. AD, hey, you have anyone to add? Anyone to add? I can do an underrated. I feel like Tanner Halkyard. I, I know he got some airtime, but I think he's underrated. He's really good. Vouch. But I think a general ADL thing is that like the ADL is very dominated by usage and turns in general aren't usually talked about. And so I think there's a lot of players that like fill up the offensive stat sheet and that looks good on paper. And you see them and you think, oh, they must be good when it's not necessarily always the case, especially when you move into like other, maybe it's good for the ADL, but like, especially when you move into other areas of Frisbee and like turns are kind of more important. Like you can't turn over the disc five times in a game kind of thing. Or oh, one player. You heard game. it here first. AD so. <laughs> yacht is bad. AD is bad. <laughs> That's yeah, probably I mean, going to lead the pod. I'm just warning you now. I'm going to put that at the maybe. very beginning. You could put that at the beginning. Me and, me and Ben are great. And yeah, Ben's if, cool. he has to fight, if he has it. to fight me over it, we wrestled already. So like he's going to lose the wrestling match about that discussion, I guess. So it is what it is. That's awesome. All right. Ben's so good. getting away from the Atlantic division, let's go to the other side of the country. I know you guys don't know a bunch of stuff about the new teams, but we got three new teams in the AODL this year, which should provide some real interest in the West division. We've got the Colorado Summit and then the Portland Nitro. And lastly, the Salt Lake Shred. So I don't know if you've had a chance to look at these brands, but at least from the names, or if you've looked at some of the logos, which of the three do you think is the coolest brand? I honestly only know one, and that's going to be my answer because I think they will be very cool. I think Colorado is going to be so fun to watch. I like really, really like the Colorado guys. Like playing against them was fun. I think they're kind of like Georgia in college or like Rhino in club. I love teams that shoot. I love teams like that. They're just so fun to watch. And I think Alex Atkins was my toughest guard at college nationals. And I think he's on the team. And I think that would be very, very fun to watch. I probably have to go with the same team as like maybe the coolest brand, just because I guess Utah is kind of isolated, but Portland's like got Seattle right up there too as well. So like there's definitely a lot of good players in the area, but to be split, I think I saw some of their signees. I think just being a new team and having to split that, they're not going to make a crazy impact maybe right away. And then I honestly don't know much about Utah Ultimate. I just see what I see on like social media and stuff and some of the players in college. And I mean, I just don't know enough about the scene, but it seems like the scene's not necessarily, like it seems like it's decently big, but not necessarily huge. I also don't think they're probably gonna make a humongous splash, at least early on, unless maybe they make some crazy signings. I don't know. But uh, I think Colorado, again, like Saraj is probably be the biggest brand just because that has been like a peak Frisbee area for a while already with club and college and finally having an ADL team for all those players can kind of funnel into, it's like a big deal instead of them funneling into like splitting between like 10 ADL teams, they're all going to go to one. And so like they have shown they're like a national caliber team in college and in club for like many years. So I think that probably bodes super well for the team itself. So I'm also a big fan of the Hulk style play. I know it kind of goes with the whole fast thing. So I like watching that as well. Yeah. And I was just watching on their Instagram today that they were posting. They've got some Dallas Roughnecks players, obviously, that they've already signed Jay Fruit and Matt Jackson, yeah. and Henry Feruda, some other Dallas guys are at tryouts. So uh, looks like Dallas might be in a little bit of trouble losing some players. over Yeah. There. I think I saw a hot take somewhere. I can't remember. I saw it, but like, what was like, what, like maybe it was Reddit, but I was like, what was your hot take for the Atlantic division for the upcoming year? And it was that Tampa Bay will not be the last team in the division. And I think they like clarify later on, but they're implying basically that, that Dallas would finish last. So it'd go like, I don't know, Flyers, Atlanta, Seoul, Tampa Bay, and then Dallas. It would be crazy considering the Flyers and Roughnecks history together. Well, I was about to bring that up. So uh, the other big Rhea division alignment, the Atlantic division itself is no more. We're back to the South division. So we're back with us, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and then the two Texas teams in Austin and Dallas. So it's interesting because you guys don't have the same relationship with Dallas or the Texas teams like all these older players do. So are y'all excited all or is just another team for y'all? And then honestly, like, do you think Austin's going to be better? Or Dallas is going to be better. Who are you more excited to see? 
I'm going to be very honest. I am not super happy about the new divisions just because last year it was super fun having a huge division with a whole bunch of teams in the area that were all like a lot of them really good. And so getting to play like all these different teams and all these different players, I think is like super fun, especially when oftentimes you don't get to play so many different players unless you go to like those huge, big national level tournaments. So being able to see like players from like all around was really fun. Whereas now reversing the same four teams over and over again. And one of the teams we know hasn't really been competitive. And another the team is losing a lot of their players. It seems like maybe they won't be super competitive. And then it just feels like there's not going to be so much pressure during the regular season. And I'm not going to see a lot of new players in the same way. And I don't have that, yeah, that beef or that history that some of the other players have with Texas and whatnot. So I'm kind of a little um, a little sad in that regard. I think I'm most excited, though, to see the Soul. I know a couple people on there. I think, based on what I've seen so far, I think they are probably going to be the better team this season. But I guess we'll see. I think they're both definitely going to be worse than us, though. So no worries there. Siraj, you're on the same boat? Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. I think also, like, I'm pretty bummed. I really wanted another crack at DC. I guarded Johnny some when we played them in the first game. And I felt like I didn't really impact him much. And I think I've gotten a lot better. So I feel like getting another shot at Johnny would have been really fun. And then New York, I just love seeing Jack and Ryan. And I don't know if Chartok will be on the team again, but that dude is so funny. I love Elliot Chartok. So it, it just, I like the New York guys. It'd be cool to play them. So that's kind of sad. But also maybe we'll make those new relationships, right? So see, lots of possibility too. No, I'm with you. As a fan, I was like kind of excited, but kind of not really because it's like, yeah, this the Atlantic Division was so exciting last year. Oh my yeah. god, just like it, it felt was. like so many games were just going to be like it was like I you it was like much watch games, and this year games. right, and this year won't doesn't quite feel the same. I think Austin's definitely going to be really really compelling, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like obviously Dallas will be worse, but I do think like there's still I'm intrigued to see like. Is there any sort of rivalry game vibe that happens? I mean, you see that in the NFL or the NBA all the time. We're like, why on earth is the Knicks challenging the Nets at all right now? And it's like, no, it's a rivalry game. It's just it's what happens. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But yeah, I'm on the same boat. And plus, you never know about cross-divisional games, right? We'll probably have at least one or two like games where we, we get out. So, I mean, obviously, DC is pretty. Yeah, exactly. Like, fingers crossed. I'm crossing DC's my close. fingers, yeah. DC's close. New York's a close. Western team, to be honest, if we get a cross-divisional game. I don't know why. I just want to play someone there. I love playing Colorado. Like, oh, like Colorado or like any of the other top Western teams or maybe like, I don't know, Madison or Minnesota. It'll be interesting. I just want to see how we stack up against all the teams and not just the same teams we always play personally. Yeah, absolutely. All right. A couple more. Uh, will the Detroit mechanics hashtag break the streak? They just signed. Johnny Bansfield, big time player for a while for the Chicago union. Um, hasn't played for the mechanics. Um, but from the area originally, and there's talk of other players signing there. So take your bets, gentlemen. Are you thinking, well, Detroit, finally, they're currently at a 50-game losing streak. Will they finally break it this year? I really want to say no. But I think if I have to be honest, I'll say yes. I just, uh, I want to bet against them. I like domination streaks, and I also like losing streaks. So I want them to keep losing, to be honest. But I'll say yes. I think they're going to win one. I think... Given the current signs I've seen, like obviously they get more players, this could change. And I think Johnny's a great player, but I think with the current lineup they got, that they don't really have a shot to beat. I don't know if I have all the right teams in the division. Like I don't think they beat any of the teams that were in their division last year, except maybe in the Alley Cats. And I think they they're going to lose that most of the time too. And then I assume any of the teams that got moved into there, which would be so they moved Pittsburgh over. They added Pittsburgh. Okay, so yeah, I think Pitt. Because it wasn't Pitt in there before and it kind of dominated. I think Pitt's probably going to be a little step above uh, the Alley Cats for sure. So I think the Alley Cats are probably still the best bet. And I think they had a close game once last year. But if I had to bet, I'd probably say no, they're not going to break the streak. Neither of y'all fully on, on the bandwagon. All right. I'm on the bandwagon. I think they're breaking this year. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Because no, they're given, they're given. You Siraj is taking it. All right. So Siraj yeah, is on the bandwagon. 80s, 80s my close. Okay. I'm going to probably be asking that everybody all year until it happens. All right. Uh, this one's fun. Is there a player you most want to trade for on another team? And after you've answered Jack Williams, go ahead and give another answer. Okay. So no Jack Williams, no Ryan Oscar, no Nate Goff, right? I can't pick, can't pick those people. Yeah. Yeah. Let's no former flyers. All right. So recently I've met a bunch of the Chicago guys, Paul Arders, Goff. I'm probably missing some. Pavel came for like a world's games, like training camp to North Carolina. This is like a while ago now, but I met all of them and I really like them. So someone from Chicago, maybe, honestly, I just like them. They're fun. They're a good time. I'll say if I have to pick someone, let's go Paul Arders. 
Okay. Oh no, Alex Atkins. Atkins is oh, no, no. Atkins, Atkins. I pick Atkins. I I like really liked guarding him, and I think it would his like he's very fiery, and it's fun to play with fiery people. I'm going Atkins. You should be playing for the Colorado Summit this year, right? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Ad. Man, I don't know too much about uh, other people outside of the area, to be honest. I would really like someone that would throw me hooks, to be honest. I think it's my favorite thing. So, like, if, if there's someone tr- super trigger happy out there and they know how to throw an like, eight foot high beam, super fast, flat, and just beam out into space, I would love to have them out there. I'm trying to think of shooters, like, I don't know, like Calvin Brown, Jordan Kerr, maybe Goose, Pobble. Anyone that wants to shoot and wants to come over to D line, you know, shoot to me, will be I'm very welcomed by me. So you Ooh, just nut, want nut. You, you want nut back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't know nut counted as one of the ones we could add back in there. I don't I don't I think he counts, unfortunately, but all right. One more big question, and this is always a fun one. Do you have any hot or spicy takes for the AUDL season for 2022? Hey, if you got one, you can go first. Do you think it's a hot take to say we're gonna win again? I know everyone always says like coming off a win or like the number one seed, like picking them to win is like not a hot take. But I mean, I swear, like every time I look at it, the number one seed like almost never wins, especially for Frisbee. It seems like the number one seed is never the team that wins. So, and especially like a repeat, like that is so rare in most cases, especially in Frisbee, it feels like to me with how much like people move around, not being tied down by like actual contracts for extended periods of time and whatnot. But I think we're still the odds on favorite to win again this year. And I think a hot take, you know, I say we'll go undefeated. That'll be an actual hot take, I guess. Okay. That's hot. That's hot. That makes me think that one other thing too. So obviously last year was like the year of domination for North Carolina. Is North Carolina the villains now, or do we still have another year where we're still like the scrappy underdogs? Is it gone? Uh, I'm going to say that it wasn't the year of North Carolina. It's the beginning of the decade of North Carolina, maybe, or like the middle of the decade for North Carolina. If this is not the only year we're winning. So, yeah. I, th- I think when you say things like that, we're, we're definitely the villain. So, all right. Yeah, no, I'm playing we, it up. We've I, arrived. I'll, I will happily be the villain. Yeah. All right. Then, so 80 takes well, flyers. Mine. I was about to say undefeated. So I got to, I got to think of a new one, maybe. Second hot take, we hold a team a 10 points or less. Dang. Well, that is like Which crazy. team okay. and why will it be Dallas? <laughs> That's for you, Carson Wilder. I know you're listening. All right. I can, I can think of a hot take. Okay. How about this? I think New York will be much worse next year. I think that relying on a few stars in the ADL works much better, but I think teams are going to be able to game plan better after seeing them for another year. So that'll be my hot take. I think New York will perform worse. Will not oh. make championship Will uh, not make him. You think DC is going to take him down or one of the Canadian teams? Yeah, sure. I'll say DC. I'll say DC takes down New York is my hot take. Oh, Daryl, make it happen, man. All right, cool. So Flyers undefeated and then New York does not make it a championship weekend. DC takes him down. All right, cool. So one of our last sections we're going to do is the give and go sections. This is supposed to be quick one to two sentence answers. Obviously, you have a really good one. You can go into a little more detail. We're trying to wrap through. Remember, just go with your gut. So whatever comes to you first. So you guys ready for some give and go? Oh yeah, I'm super fast on these or everything really. Yeah. But all right, we're gonna go AD first and then Siraj on each one. Here we go. First question: Would you rather get the bidding under D to get the turn or the huge sky upwind for the score? Huge sky for the score. Big Same. fan of the celebrations afterwards. So yeah, going for the huge sky. I'll, I'll also go huge sky. Wow, defensive player of the year doesn't want the under D. Oh, fascinating. Okay. All right. All right. I have a little qualifier. If people are taking stats, maybe I take the D. If it's like a regular season game, it doesn't matter if we win or not. If I'm trying to pad stats, I would rather take the D because they're much rarer than goals. But honestly, I, I would rather get this guy in goal most of the time. Okay. Uh, definition of a great teammate. Caring about, like, uh, thoughtful about you. I like, trust you. Like, has pretty much complete faith in you. Yeah. It's super, like, understanding of all, like, you in relation to, like, how you feel and not necessarily how they always feel. I'll say that I really like teammates who their happiness makes me happy. Those are the best teammates. Scuba or hammer? Hammer. Hammer. Your favorite fan reaction at a game? I can go first while you think about it. There's a Siraj cheer that has only been in dark side so far. It gets me hyped because everyone's just yelling my name when I do something. So hopefully it carries over to flyers and ring. Is it just your name or is there like a thing with it? There's like a cadence to it. It's like Siraj, 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 Siraj. The crowd was getting into it in the Brown game. You can like kind of hear it in the ESPN broadcast, which is pretty cool. Well, the good news is that I know the PA for the Flyers, so that might just magically happen if you score. But we'll, we'll figure that out. 
I think for me, I, I like the booze. But another part, I mean, like, I love dancing. So I, I dance on the field all the time, like on the sidelines, like after scoring, like just random moments. And there's a little girl that uh, picked me as her favorite player because I was dancing. I like that. Anything encouraging, like getting jiggy with it or anything like that would be fun from the crowd or maybe some applause for dancing or something. I love it. Flick or back in? Flick. Flick. Have you ever eaten 12 eggs in one sitting, a la Eric Taylor? No. I actually have. So I listened to the podcast and heard that Eric did it. And I was like, I could do that. And so I tried it and it was so miserable. So I have this like vlog that I do, like a Snapchat vlog. And I did the Eric Taylor challenge on that. And I was so miserable. But I do think that I eat the second most on flyers. I'll say that in terms of volume, maybe not calories, but I think I eat the second most volume. And I think Eric can eat way more than me in one sitting, but I think I might eat as much as him in a day. I'll toss that out there. I really want to see this blog now, but we'll talk about that after. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who inspires you? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of easy, uh, definitely my parents do, but just someone I think that's like maybe a little bit more unique in terms of like people wouldn't know of is probably uh, Kobe Bryant was a big inspiration for me. That's why I were 24, at least with Dark Side. But like I was a huge basketball fan, a huge Kobe fan, and just like the super grind mentality of analyzing the game and putting in all the hours and work to like get the little minute details is something that like I like a lot personally. I'm going to go Matt Guccianis, both in Frisbee and in life. I think he's a very, very good leader, good person. I've learned a lot about being a good person from him, and I try at least to model some of my game after him. I think he's underrated, even though he's yeah. one of Callahan, and he is so good. He is so he good. Is he's my player. Frisbee idol, too. He's the reason I am the player I am today. I would not yeah. be good. or I'd be fast, which is pretty good, but I'm going to be as good, you know. Definitely Matt for me. Hamburger, hot dog, or tacos? Hamburger. Five Guys Hamburger. Oh, my God. Five Guys Hamburger with cheese, grilled onions, ketchup, lettuce. Uh, it's the double burger. You got to get the double burger and then a regular fry. And then you sprinkle some fries in there, too, to get a little extra crunch. So good. Uh, I'll go hot dog, but without the bun. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite offense? I really like the – it's more of a North Carolina thing. I think spread offense is what they call it. I don't really like vert or hoe stack too much personally. I like the spread offense and you kind of get a humongous amount of open field space to set up your cuts because everyone's off to one of the sides. And having that humongous space for me is just really useful because I mean, if I have 80 yards to work with, I'm beating you one of the ways for sure. I'll go end zone set. So kind of the opposite. <laughs> I like the small stuff. Favorite defense? Tight man. I love tight man. I love dumb defense. Like I don't play dumb defense, but if we could all just play dumb defense, I would love to play dumb, aggressive, like win your matchup one-on-one. I won that matchup in defense. And I think it comes from like my track background. It was like you against the other person and you beat them or you don't. And that's it. I'm going to go the exact opposite. <laughs> I think my favorite defense is, I don't want to give away all of dark side secrets, but we ran some stuff that had like me as a central piece in a zone where I had a lot of freedom and creativity and other people kind of adjusted to what I was doing. And I think those defenses were like, I'm the focal point of the defense is my favorite. I think it's very rewarding to feel that trusted and supported. What is the most satisfying win you've ever had with an ultimate? For me, it's got to be, I don't know exactly if I could pick out this college nationals um, games, maybe like, maybe it'd either be the Brown or Georgia game. I think for me, Brown, you know, there's a little bittersweet ending last time. So there's a little bit of that. And then Georgia game, just like finally winning a national championship as like a premier, I guess, role on the team, because I guess for the other teams, I'm not always, don't have a humongous role. So uh, Dark Side had like the most meaning behind it and the most time invested into it and like the biggest role for me. And that felt like all that culminating together into like one game was like, yeah, a huge deal for me, at least. I'm going to go with the Brown game. I think like I love winning championships and I love like it was really cool that we won with Dark Side. But I think like extending our season to the like latest point felt the best to me. Guaranteeing another game with that group of people making it to the finals was the biggest moment for me. The best post-game or tournament meal? Chocolate milk. But oh, that's God. not a meal. But yeah, if I was doing a meal, I'd say like Fazoli's. It's oh, like Fazoli's. Fazoli's, Fazoli's. And it's a little cheaper and they just, it's Olive Garden, but fast food and it's, it's good. Take yeah, it from me. Get it. Thank All right. Uh, you're dropping ultimate. What do you spend your time doing? Um, it'd be split between playing basketball, probably lots of pickup basketball. Some sports filling the void a little bit. Just gotta love sports. And then... Probably me a video game. I probably pick an extra hobby. I have like random hobbies that I like. I dabble in for a small amount of time and never get too serious in. But like cars, photography, hiking stuff, computers, AI, some mix of those. 
I honestly do not think I would have a central hobby. I think I tend to jump interests pretty quickly. Like I get super into stuff and then super out of it pretty quickly. So like I would probably like, I don't know, get deep into like a darts rabbit hole or something where I watch and play darts, which I have done. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen's the goat in my mind of darts, but regardless. Yeah, I'd probably just play like phone games or something. Flippy Bird. Beautiful. Uh, Let's see. Charmander, Squirtle, or Bulbasaur? Charmander. Always been a huge Charmander fan since a kid, so I'm going to go Charmander because Charizard's so cool. Same. Also Charmander. There's a reason you're saying Charmander, Squirtle, then Bulbasaur instead of Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, which is the order of the Pokemon. So it's Charmander, and you know it's Charmander. Dude, it can't not be Charmander. Look, I got the red on for Charmander. Yeah. I'm also a Charmander person, so yes, that order is done in my brain as well. Go to Spike on a big score. Go to spike. Oh my goodness. I don't spike the disc actually. Like I don't celebrate when I score almost ever. And I made a huge goal for like this past nationals to spike and do celebrations, but I kind of like it. So now it has to include a spike. I really like little like flipping spikes where like I, I flip it through the legs or like do a little flip behind the back over above me and then kick spike it afterwards. I think I have one of those that's in some uh, film for something, but I think I did it in like US Open for ring. I have like a little through the legs and into a kick spike. So I like those. I'm also in a similar boat where I really do not celebrate much. I like little shoulder bumps when other people score, you know, get hyped. And then I think whenever I like scored goals, my buddy on dark side was Josh Singleton, the rookie. And he would always come and pick me up. And I just love that. I love when people just pick me up or push me around after I score. So that's probably mine. We'll say I will be dancing probably for like every score I have from now on, just because the people seem to love it and I love dancing. So it seems like a good mix. Yeah. We're performers. Got to perform. Yeah. That is, I'm a huge performer. All right, here we go. Next one. What is the best pregame tune to get you in the right headspace? Oh my goodness. Mine changes uh, constantly. Um, just like whatever I'm feeling kind of in that area. Um, it usually is like I'm big in the hip hop rap kind of area. So it's usually a hip hop slash rap kind of song. I like trophies, for example. I like Dripper Drown, gets me going. Let's go by Twista, Little John, and Trick Daddy. It's just a super hype song. So that, that'll probably be my number one one, I guess. I might have to change mine. So mine was Motivation by Normani, but now that that, that was used, uh, Jack McCleary made like a Depody video for me and now it just seems like kind of egotistical to use that. So I might need to find a new one. I really like that song though. I don't, I mean, dude, what, what gets you jacked up or gets you in the right space is what gets you in the right space. I mean, whatever. So no, someone's going to steal my headphones be like, what are you listening to? And they're going to be like, you're listening to your own song. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'm sure I'll keep listening to it. Yeah. I do have the couple that I, I need to be dancing to like really get the full like hype up effect for me because it helps me out. Just gets me like totally energized instead of just sitting there. For sure. All right. And our last question. So last season, we I always asked had some sort of competition between Mike D and Evan Leppler. And for this season, I'm flipping around and we're going to do competitions between Mike D and of course, Ulti World Czar Charlie Eisenhood. So my question for you guys is who can throw a flick, either righty or lefty, flick farther? Mike D or Charlie Eisenhood? Uh, I don't know Charlie's background, honestly, in, in Frisbee. I know Mike D's a little bit. And so just because of that, I'm going to go with the odds that if I don't know it, there's a chance that he doesn't have a crazy background, that uh, it's probably going to be Mike D. Because I, I know Mike can throw a little bit. It's not pretty. It doesn't go the farthest. It wobbles, but he can throw a little bit. Is Charlie right-handed or left-handed? I'm pretty sure he's right-handed, but he is a power athlete. If that, okay. if that is something. <laughs> I, I would pick Charlie with his dominant hand you know what i'll take charlie both left you take charlie left hand too yeah mike is left handed i know i know this i know this i'm aware i'll go charlie for both he does he he does your he does your playing time all right i take mike for both mike takes right (laughs) no no you can't i'm deleting that there's no way that's safe (laughs) no 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 (laughs) yeah i'll take charlie for both oh that's awesome all right last thing so I always give space on every pod for people to give shout outs. It can be in the Frisbee community, outside the Frisbee community, just someone you want to kind of recognize for what they're doing. And so uh, let's just go AD and then Siraj. So who's your shout out, AD? Shout out. Oh, man. Shout out Michael Lee, best player in the game. I'm second to him. Shout out Austin Van Olten. Always a you know, huge support fan. I love dancing with that man. Me and him have similar uh, dance personalities. Who else is a shout out? Shout out Matt, who Janice, I know we talked about it, but like big builder and who I am today. Shout out Kai Marcus, him throwing all those hucks, really developed my offensive game, kept me ready to come back and win this O-Pody. Shout out Terrence Mitchell, just because that man is so confident, it's crazy. And then shout out mom and dad, because mom and dad made the fast person ultimate, so 
they made the fastest person. <laughs> Sorry, I've never had this many shout outs on one podcast. All right, cool. Suraj. Um, I'll start with my parents and my brother. I don't know if you know Suas, but my family, I think they are insanely supportive. My dad will like ask me the most random questions. Like he'll, and he knows more about the players on my team than I do. He'll be like, Jacob Fairhack is from Charlotte, right? Or like Alan's from, so like, I don't know where they're from. Like, and he just knows everything, which is crazy. I'll shout out Matthew Johannes also. I'll shout out AD. I'll shout out you for doing the podcast. I'll shout out a lot of the out-of-towners who have left John, Jack. Like, not that Jack's gone and are gone from Ring, but I think I miss those people a lot, so I, I think of them often. I'll shout out Don Colton and Andrew Lee. I think they are, like, the hardest working people on Darkside and Plebeus, at least, and that really inspires me, at least. I have so many more. I'm just going to stop there. Everyone, everyone, I shout out everyone. Shout out everyone. The last thing, just going to shout out our Twitters. We got Alex Davis, 112 is mine. Siraj is yours. What's your at? Just my name, Siraj Madaraju. And basically, I'm shouting those out because those are two best Twitters in Ultimate pretty unanimous at this point. I think we're called like Opodi Depodi. We're like Twitter heartthrobs and we just won three national championships. So if you're not following us, you're not following the right people. Well, thank you again, Siraj and AD for coming onto the program. And we'll hopefully see you guys back on the field in late April, early May for the Flyers championship defense, baby. Yep. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks. For those interested in trying out for your local pro ultimate team, the Raleigh Radiance will be having their tryout on Sunday, February 20th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Herndon Park. And similarly, the Raleigh Flyers will have their tryout on the same day from 1 to 5 p.m. also at Herndon Park. Make sure you pre-register on their websites. The Radiance have their tryout sign-up form on their Facebook page and on Instagram as well as Twitter. Just look up Raleigh Radiance and you'll find the form from there. For the Flyers, that's raleigh-flyers.com. Also, for kids in the area, if you're interested, please check out the Carolina Ultimate Flight School through Triangle Ultimate and get there by triangleultimate.org slash C-U-F-S. They have overnight and day camps. They're going to have pros out to work with your kids. It's going to be an absolutely awesome experience. So we hope you come check out all the different things happening here in the Triangle. As always, music by Kai Moscow. Today, I'm your editor and host, Luke Mead. This has been the Raleigh Pro Ultimate Podcast. We'll see you again very, very soon.